so I was working at an agency called Wyden and Kennedy. I was an art producer and I love, love, loved my job. I loved the people I worked with. I loved the creativity. I loved the travel. Um, and I, you know, throughout the course of my pregnancy, I sort of just didn't think that things would change after she was born. And uh, I was like, oh, I'll just come, you know, I'll take my maternity leave. I was fortunate enough to be given 12 weeks and then I'll come back and I'll continue loving my job and I'll have the most perfect work-life balance. You know, I just like, I, I just really just glossed over the realities of what having a baby would do for both myself and our family and um, the logistics. You know, I, I knew who I was prior to having this baby. I loved my job. And after I just think all my priorities shifted. Like I, mm. I didn't necessarily want to stay home. I just wanted a, I wanted more time home than I knew my job was going to give me. And I wanted the job that I did to feel very important and very impactful. Hi, I'm Bridget Garsh, co-founder of Neighbor Schools and your host for Work Like a Mother, a podcast dedicated to real conversations with incredible women juggling work, life, and motherhood. Today, I'm excited to chat with Liz Terigiano, CEO and co-founder of Assembly, a company that helps make reusable diapers accessible and manageable for everyone. Like many first-time parents, Dave and I researched every purchase for our firstborn. From strollers to bottles to cribs to monitors and everything in between. We were mostly on the same page, except when it came to diapers. Having read some of the scary stats about how long diapers take to break down in landfills, I really wanted to use reusable diapers. Dave was not on board. For a self-proclaimed dermaphobe who almost threw up changing his first blowout, the thought of reusable diapers was just too much. I mean, we're talking about a guy who used to wear rubber gloves for every diaper change. If only Liz had launched Assembly a few years ago, I may have had a chance. But like many things in life and in parenting, we compromised and settled on the most environmentally friendly disposable diapers we could find. Throughout her pregnancy, Liz didn't think twice about her return to work plans. She'd take a three-month maternity leave and return to an advertising job that she loved. Baby came, three-month maternity leave came and went, but Liz wasn't ready. She also wasn't ready to stay home full-time either. Looking at her baby girl, she felt compelled to do something that would leave a positive impact in the world. At the suggestion of a friend, Liz made a major career move with a baby at home, from the world of advertising to the world of diapers. She was buried in them at home, and she knew there had to be a better, more sustainable way. Thank you so much for joining me on Work Like a Mother today. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. I wanted to ask you right off the bat if you always knew that you wanted to have kids. Oh, that's so interesting. Um, no one ever asked that. Uh, no, I, I didn't know that I wanted to have kids. And, and also to be totally honest, um, there was a phase right before getting pregnant with my daughter, who's my first, that um, my husband and I kind of made a decision to not have children. 
Um, we had taken this amazing trekking trip down to Patagonia and we both loved our jobs and loved our careers. And we had this two week trip where we met this amazing couple that lived in Colorado and they were in their probably early fifties and they had no children and they would take two months out of every year and just pick another continent to travel on. Oh, wow. And they just were so happy and so passionate. And we were like, gosh, most people we know with kids are not this happy. <laughs> or <laughs> so, well-rested. They were probably or, very well-rested. Exactly. And so we we kind of decided that, you know, you know, I was in my late 20s. He was in his early 30s. And we were like, you know, maybe we don't have to do this uh, kid thing. And, um, you know, flash forward three months and I unexpectedly found out that I was pregnant with my daughter. <laughs> what did, how did that like shift in your mind change what happened after that that moment i think this is the reason why i'm asking in part is because i think it's still so expected in our society that yeah. everyone wants children and that's mm-hmm. really my been my experience from talking to so many people not the case and there's such an interesting journey that so many especially women go through of do I, don't I, what's the impact it's going to have on my life? So yeah. I, I thought it would be a, a great place for us to start our conversation. For and sure. I'd love to hear more about the, <laughs> the shift that that has with this yeah. unexpected news. It was, it was very unexpected. And um, my husband got on board rather quickly. I think he, he did like a complete 360 and was like, this is amazing. I'm so excited. We're going to be parents. You know, we had been married. We got married very young um, in our early twenties. So at that point we had been married eight years and um, I, so he was, he was psyched. I, I think it took me really until that 20 week ultrasound to, to fully get on board. And, you know, we discussed all of our options and what we would do and we didn't tell anybody for several months because we were, you know, I was, he was being very sensitive to me still processing this shift. Mm-hmm. Um, but once I had that 20 week ultrasound, which coincidentally was on election day in 2008. So it was like this really exciting day where we went and we voted and we um, had the ultrasound and found out that everything was good and that it was a girl and she would be the first girl in his side of the family for like oh, wow. two generations. Like there had been no, it was all grandsons and nephews and whatnot. So I think that day really um, changed things for me. And I started to come around and warm to the idea and, and get more excited. So you not only had this big, like, life shift from a parenting (laughs) standpoint, but you've also had quite a career shift as well. Can you tell me about the transition from the world of advertising to the world of, of diapers? Yeah. You know, that one is so funny because it's so not, it's, it's such a bad representation of who I am. Like I am a planner. I am somebody who loves security and stability. So I was working at an agency called Wyden and Kennedy. I was an art producer and I love, love, loved my job. I loved the people I worked with. I loved the creativity. I loved the travel. Um, And I, you know, throughout the course of my pregnancy, I sort of just didn't think that things would change after she was born. And uh, I was like, Oh, I'll just come, you know, I'll take my maternity leave. I was fortunate enough to be given 12 weeks and then I'll come back and I'll continue loving my job and I'll have the most perfect work-life balance. You know, I just like, 
I just really just glossed over the realities of what having a baby would do for both myself and our family and um, the logistics. And so after she was born, I, um, I spent the first 10 weeks of my maternity leave really with my head in the sand that it was ever going to end. And then in those two weeks leading up to it, I, um, you know, at one point I had all this pumped milk saved in the freezer and we went away for the weekend and my husband left the freezer slightly (gasps) open and it all melted. And that was 10 days before I had to go back to work. And And you're still married. Yes. That was the breaking point. I lost it. I was like, I can't go back to my job. How am I going to do this? Who's going to take care of her? She doesn't sleep ever. Like, like, this is just not going to work. How are we going to do this? They're going to have me traveling next month. Like, there's just no way. And, um, but I was, I was the one with the stable job. My husband is a sound designer. And, um, you know, I was the one that had the health insurance and all of the things that, you know, you need when you have a kid. And um, anyway, so I, I went back to work and I, I cried on the subway every day and I really struggled with the transition back. Like here, I, I just didn't know who I was. You know, I, I knew who I was prior to having this baby. I loved my job. And after, I just think all of my, um, uh, how do I say it? Like all of my priorities shifted. Like I, mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily want to stay home. I just wanted I wanted more time home than I knew my job was going to give me. And I wanted the job that I did to feel very important and very impactful. And not to say the world of advertising is not important, but you know, it wasn't, I was, it was fun and it was creative, but it didn't feel like I was making a difference in any way. Um, And so one of my fellow producers there sort of came to me with the idea of starting a diaper service. And she did not approach me to be her partner. She approached me to test it because she knew I was, you know, had just had a baby. And so I started off testing when the, when Zoe was three or four weeks old and Sarah, my now partner, we exchanged these very long producer-esque emails, <laughs> um, you know, of ways that the service could be improved and things that we should try. And, and, yeah. and um, after a couple of weeks, she was like, you know, do you, is there any chance that you want to just like join me on this and, and be a partner? And I was still on my maternity leave and I was like, sure. And so again, going against the planner in me, I was naive to think like, oh, we'll just do this on the side. It'll be like a feel good project. I can wear the baby on in a wrap when I'm working at diaper, you know, diaper kind is the name of the service that we started. And, um, and so that was it. I, I, I decided to join diaper kind with Sarah and launch this diaper service for New York city. And, um, we were running it out of her basement. We were working nights and weekends. I had the baby with me. And um, it was going really well. I can, I went back to work at Widening Kennedy and had a really hard time, but continued on because we needed it for the healthcare and for my salary. And um, about four or five months after I had returned to Widen, um, Diaperkind really started ramping up. We went from having no customers to having, I think by the end of that year, we were servicing 100 families a week. Oh, wow. And one of us needed to quit our job and focus on it full time. And so Sarah had two-year-old twins and a very, you know, a a nanny cost. And I was fortunate enough to have my mother-in-law that was going to watch Zoe for us when I was working. And um, so my childcare was essentially free. And so I was the one, and I also wanted to quit more than Sarah did. I I wanted to be home more. And so that was, that was what happened. And I, I left, I sat down with Mark and we looked over our finances and said like, how little money can I make? 
and I still get by. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and that's, that's what I made for quite some time. <laughs> and um, we, yeah, we grew diaper kind. So we launched that in April of 2009 when my daughter was four weeks old. And, um, and then about four years in, we had taken on a third partner, Marta, and the three of us were sitting around and we were saying like, gosh, this feels so good. We're, we're helping so many families in the New York City area reduce waste, you know, stay true to their personal goals uh, by cloth diapering and, re- and reducing that disposable diaper waste. And, and we were feeling great, but we also were realizing that we were limited by the geographic boundaries of a delivery zone, and we couldn't expand beyond that. And so we started to toy with the idea of franchising the service. And, you know, we went down so many different paths. Um, around that time, I got pregnant with my son um, and started to get more into the design of the products and the functionality of the products. And and it kind of came to us one day, it's like, hey, maybe we don't franchise. Maybe we take all of the acquired knowledge that we've gained from DiaperKind in laundry science, design, you know, I, we, we do monthly meetups and classes for our service families. Like we've learned so much about what modern parents are looking for in a sustainable diapering system. So we felt like we had all this insider insight that we had gained through diaper kind. And we were like, so maybe we don't keep launching services. Maybe we launch a product line that makes it super easy mm-hmm. for everyone to do it themselves, which results in, you know, them saving more money. It's less work, you know, less labor for us. And it, it, it enables us to expand anywhere globally. You know, we don't have to worry about the logistics of a delivery service. I'm sorry. Hold on. Oh, that's okay. Hi, my friends. Yeah. You're putting that in the bathroom. Thank you very much. My three-year-old. He's actually usually really good. I forgot to put a, I usually put a sign if he's around oh. on the door. And he's, I'm always, he knows, you know, if the red sign is on. Oh, that's so I don't cute. come in. So it's my fault that he did not know. <laughs> he didn't get the memo. Yeah. So um, in 2013 is when we started the development process for assembly and um, I got pregnant with my son. And the internal joke is that basically I got pregnant with him because we needed a tester. <laughs> <laughs> so he tested our diapers. He tested our skincare. He tested our laundry line. Like he was there. His, his poor little bum tested everything for the two years that he was in diapers. And, um, but yeah, it was, it was perfectly timed. I was able to spend my maternity leave with him, R&Ding, our skincare and, um, working with our technical designer on the fit of our diapers. And, and it was so fantastic because the whole time that we were doing this, we had a built-in group of families at DiaperKind that were like cheerleading, cheerleading us on, you know, they were so excited about what we were doing. They would test product for us. They would give great feedback. And um, when it came time to actually launch assembly, we opened it up um, to a crowdfunding equity round and a lot of our diaper kind families invested in the business. So now they're owners in assembly as well. So diaper kind really was, you know, we didn't know it when we were building it, but it ended up being a fantastic foundation for a future business that was, you know, a decade later. Wow. What a journey. (laughs) Um, What do you think is the biggest misconception that parents or expecting parents have about cloth diapers overall? I think there's two. I think a lot of people assume that it's gross and a lot of people assume that it's crazy time consuming, like that they couldn't possibly fit Mm -hmm. it into their schedule. And I, you know, the grossness is just, you're going to have to change change diapers no matter what. All babies (laughs) produce diapers. It's going to be be... gross no matter. There will be poop. 
It's exactly. just going to happen. Right. Right. <laughs> Using disposable diapers does not magically make the poop go away. Um, <laughs> but with cloth, you know, there's actually, you know, the argument that I always make is that it's actually less gross. So disposable diapers are so, at this point, notorious for leaking and blowing out. And anybody who's used disposable diapers on their newborn, especially experiences at one point or another, poop coming up the baby's back, poop out the sides of the baby's legs. And, you know, it makes sense. Disposable diapers are similar to a disposable plate. You know, they're made to be used for a very short period of time and then thrown away. There's not a whole lot of money going into the elastics or, you know, the overall quality. And so similar again to a disposable plate, if you're at a barbecue and you load it up with like a burger and baked beans, it's going to topple over and, and fall into your lap. And so that's what happens with disposable diapers. They're, they leak a lot, they blow out a lot. And, and as a society, I think new parents have just accepted this as par for the course of having a diaper aged child. And it's absolutely not the case. So our two-part design of diaper, of assembly diaper is um, leak and blowout proof. It keeps everything contained. So again, it's, it's a bit of a hot mess when you open it up and you have to change it, but it's keeping everything in there. And then when you do have the diaper that is dirty, you know, we have automatic washing machines. Like no one's sitting there like scrubbing diapers on a washboard. We're, we're throwing them into a machine, dumping some detergent in there and you're pressing start and the machine is doing the work. So it's really not any grosser than using a disposable diaper. And in terms of convenience and ease of use, it's two loads of laundry a week. Like, I think that's where people get hung up. They're like, mm-hmm. how am I going to have time to be washing a load of diapers every night? It doesn't have to be you know, the quantities that we recommend and the wash system um, and step-by-step instructions that we give have you washing diapers every two to three days, which works out to approximately twice a week. So. Well, and you're doing so much laundry anyhow. Yes. And there's often, like you were just saying with the blowouts, there's poop going in the washing machine regardless because it's either on a diaper or it's on the clothes. Yep. Or the car seat cover. Or... <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Or, or any number of other, we could probably rabbit hole and, and talk about yes. all of the different places poop can make its way to. Yeah. I actually have a funny story. When my daughter was a baby, um, it was, I was taking her on the subway for the first time to go and visit my husband at work. And um, he was so excited to like have the baby come in and show her off around the studio. And, um, uh, I decided as I was leaving that I was not going to use cloth diapers for that trip because I didn't want to have to carry the spares with me. And I, mm-hmm. I was just very nervous about being on the train for her, with her for the first time. And I, I wanted to like have the least amount of stuff with me. And so I used a disposable and I got her in our wrap. And it was like the first time I was getting her in the wrap. And there were a lot of tears from both she and I mm-hmm. as I tried to figure this out. And um, as I'm coming off the train in Union Square, I felt something wet on my shirt and I peeled back the wrap and I looked down and her diaper had exploded out the sides of her legs and was like, I had like a tire of poop wrapping around my shirt. And, you know, everyone tells you don't leave the house ever without a change of clothes for the baby. So of course I had that, but no one tells you like, bring a change of clothes for yourself as well. And an alternate mode of transporting your baby back home. Cause now the wrap also had poop all over the inside of it. So I ended up in the gap on 18th street and fifth Avenue, like laying, she was laying on my coat crying as I'm trying to like wipe the poop off. And like the last place you want to be when you're newly postpartum is in a fitting room. Right. And it was just like, it turned into a disaster of the day, a day I'm like calling my husband, like, I can't come. I'm covered in poop. I don't know how to get the baby home. And 
he ended up leaving work early and helping me. Like it was, it ended up being such a disaster. So while it certainly was not the last time I used a disposable diaper, it was the last time I relied on one for convenience because mm. it, it basically ruined our day. Right. It failed you. It, it yes, really failed, it failed you. me. And and now what a great story. I mean, <laughs> I know um, a memorable story, not a great story, I guess I would say. And um, how did you become, you, you touched on this a little while ago about sort of the, the sustainability impact and how that's something that really motivates you and supporting yeah. families who have a focus on being sustainable. How did you become so passionate about sustainability and the impact on the environment of diapers? Yeah, I, I've always been passionate about sustainability, particularly waste reduction. I think growing up in New York City in small quarters, you're very aware of what you consume and what you throw away and what lives in your small space. Um, so that's something that's always been important to me. And then I think the reason I was so like steadfast with it when having my daughter is, again, it was not a planned pregnancy. And I was really grappling with my identity and losing who I was and losing the things that were important to me or, or, and maybe not losing them forever, but having to set them aside for a period of time to focus on motherhood. And, you know, I had some great friends that were, were helping me through that and explaining that like, you just, you know, you might, you maybe can't hold on to everything, but find the things that are important to you and you'll, Mm -hmm. you're creative, you're smart your strong will, like you'll find ways to keep those things in your life so that you don't feel like you're losing yourself in parenthood. And um, so sustainability was something that I was very, that was important to me. And I decided it was going to be important to me while, as I became a mother and my husband was fully on board with that as well. Um, So cloth diapering was something we looked into, you know, mid pregnancy and just decided there's no way, you know, here, here we are a household that uses reusable water bottles, composts, recycles, like reduces waste however we can. Like, how are we going to justify throwing away 70 to 80 Mm -hmm. disposable diapers a week? Like that's more trash than we produce in our house, you know, in a week, in one day. So we, um, we've started looking into cloth diapering and um, I did a ton of research on how to launder most efficiently and just everything about it. And I I loved it. I loved the idea that you can take something that's made like a, a functional garment and you can just keep using it over and over and that you can make this investment in something that is high quality and pass it down to future babies or other friends, babies. Like I, I just love, it just made so much sense to me as opposed to buying, you know, 80 diapers a week that your baby wears for a couple of hours and then gets thrown away. So, so cloth diapering was something that really not only felt right, but it, I was excited by it. What advice do you have for somebody who maybe one partner is really, really committed to this and the other one is really committed to not doing it. How do you help parents sort of bridge that, that gap? We deal with that all the time. So I've been teaching a cloth diapering 101 class since 2010. I taught it for diaper kind for many years and now I teach it for both diaper kind and assembly. And, um, I would say that's like 80% of the couples that come into the room is one is on board and one is like, no way. And um, so, so A, I would recommend attending one of the virtual cloth 101 classes. They're free. You can sign up for them on assembly site under the events section. Um, but it's also just give it a shot. Like look through some of the videos on assembly, read the instructions. And for the partner that's more invested, 
do the research and deliver it to the partner in a way that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. if, if their hang up is um, too much laundry, explain that it's twice a week. If their hang up is like, oh, we're going to put that in our washing machine, explain that you're going to be putting it in your washing machine no matter what. And that when you're following the right instruction for laundering and you have the right tools, your washing machine is going to be pristine on the other side of that laundry cycle. You know, there's, there's nothing to worry about there. Um, And if it's, you know, the challenge of changing, like some people are worried that, you know, disposable diapers are so intuitive, cloth diapers, it's a two, you know, our diapers are a two piece system. Um, Is it going to be more challenging to do diaper changes? I just assure them in those early days, you're going to be changing 10 to 12 diapers a day. If that's, if you just commit to using the assembly diapers for two days, you're going to be a pro and you're not going to ever think about anything else. So it's, it's really just figuring out what the hangup is and, and then addressing it because it's just diapers. It's not a lifestyle choice. Like it's, it doesn't define you. It's mm-hmm. just, you have to diaper your baby. You can either do it with something that's single use and disposable, or you can do it with something that's washable and reusable. It's, it's really not that complicated. I love that. That's a great, <laughs> a great explanation. Great advice. So you have not just one company. Now you have two companies. You have two small children. How do you make this juggle work on a day-to-day basis? <laughs> I, I don't. Um, <laughs> um, I I don't know. It changes week to week, and and it was hard prior to the pandemic, and and then it became impossible. It's it's hard. It's mm-hmm. my kids are very understanding on good days and very demanding on not good days or average days. Um, my husband also works full time. We, um, we live near our in-laws and they are a tremendous help. Um, my parents live about two hours away and they have over the years definitely taken our kids for long weekends and, you know, for a a work week where the kids are out of school or, or daycare, you know, it's, Every week is a new adventure. I don't feel like we've ever just figured it out and been like, oh, we're good. Like this, this works. Like my work schedule is up and down. The kids' life schedules are up and down, you know, but I will say that something that has worked for us is when I left Widening Kennedy and I started Diaper Pine, I became more, my schedule became more flexible. It didn't become freer. Like I still had to do the work. And sometimes that meant being up until 2 a.m finishing what I left off on, but it did give me the flexibility to pick my kids up from school if they were sick and, you know, leave work early on Fridays so that I could take them to play dates. Like it definitely, I was able to, on a week by week basis, depending on what was going on at work, really spend more time with them. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was amazing. Um, It's become a little, assembly has been a little more demanding. I don't have quite the flexibility that I had. But um, it's still more so than if I was tied to a more corporate job. My husband, on the other hand, he's he has clients and he's booked when he's booked, mm-hmm. and there's not a lot of flexibility there, which has at times created tension in our relationship. As I feel the pressure of having to be like the on-call parent and the person running two companies, so it's a lot. It's a lot to juggle. In those moments where it feels really hard, and maybe the juggle is not working that day what, what's something that motivates you? What's something that gives you strength? I think I just, I don't even know that I think about it in those moments. It's just like, you just get through it. 
And then you sort of see at the end of the night when they're in bed and you're sitting there like sending off that last email of the night, you're like, I did it. I can do this. And I I always think back about how short it is. Mm -hmm. Like, like my daughter is 11 now and it's like those 11 years went by in a flash. So it is like, I, I try and remind myself like it's chaotic and it's crazy and it's messy, but I do know myself well enough to know that 10 years, 12 years from now, I'm going to look back and miss it. I'm going to miss the chaos. I'm going to miss like the constant need to be somewhere. And um, so I try and find the beauty in those moments, even when I'm ripping my hair out (laughs) and hiding in the bathroom to like do a call without interruption. (laughs) So it is, it's, it's beautiful chaos. And I, you know, I, there's been many points in, in my entrepreneurial journey where I've stepped back and been like, gosh, should I just stop and go get a job and work for someone else and, mm-hmm. and not have this pressure and, and just have a schedule with a babysitter and like, um, but I, I've never done it. I keep going. So obviously there's, there's something there that keeps me, that keeps pushing me along. If you think back to bef- life before kids, what advice would you give to your pre-mom self? Oh, that's so good. I, I think just roll with it more, take things less seriously. I spent an unbelievable amount of time trying to plan out everything. Mm -hmm. And I, and I had the time and the energy to do that, but it was such wasted time and energy. I could have just enjoyed myself more instead of always trying to predict 10 steps ahead ahead. And when I had the kids and and the businesses, it's like, you kind of realize like, I can't, I can't plan anything out 10 steps ahead. Like maybe I can plan out the next day, but Um, And that was liberating. I struggled with it in the beginning, but ultimately it was liberating to be like, you just got to go day by day and, and, and take it as comes. Yeah. I think um, I'm also a big planner and I I think the more planners I speak to, it's a really tough transition to make that adjustment to knowing that you can't plan. I think there's also an element where, you just get so busy in some sense that you can't even worry about the not planning anymore because you're like, I have too many things to do. I can't sit here and just like, you know, know. stress about how I don't have a plan for next week. You just have to execute what's in front of you at that moment in time. Exactly. You're troubleshooting too many things in the immediate that you can't stop and think about what's going to happen a month from then. But I love what you just shared too about the, it goes so quickly or it's, it's those moments of chaos and, and sort of, um, no, chaos is really the best word. And then, <laughs> and then you look back and every night when my three-year-old loves to read before he goes to sleep, um, and every night I go in and I take all the books out of his bed cause he must have about 15 or 20 in there. <laughs> And he's sleeping so peacefully. And every night I think like, oh, look, he's so calm. He's so, and like, you're waiting for that all day for that calm. And then it's there. And all you want to do is watch them. I mean, that just is. I know. I always think that with my daughter, you know, she's so sweet. And she's always just like, mom, can I ask you this? Mom, can I ask you this? Mom? And and she, you know, her timing is just terrible. Like, it's always like, right when I'm in the middle of doing that, I'm like pushing her off, pushing her off. And then when she falls asleep, I feel that mom guilt. I'm like, right. like, why didn't I just take the time to answer her questions? And there's actually been a few occasions where I'm like, I'm just going to wake her up and say like, well, what did you want to talk 
Uh, because the guilt weighs and it's like, gosh, she's getting older and I only have so much of this where she wants to talk to me. And I'm like throwing it away because I'm sitting here trying to respond to an email about like a lost package. Right. So, yeah. It's that balance. And I love that you do that too, because it's so, it's about you too, right? And about how you feel about the relationship and the connection that is so important. And somebody had given me the advice, I forget who it was, about when you feel that guilt or when you feel sort of disconnected, like take a, take a minute and form yeah. that connection, whether they're sleeping or not form oh, no. that connection. And it helps you to feel better and more able to move forward, which I think is just so smart. I do too. Yeah. I think that's great. Someone told me similar advice and said also like, especially as your kids get older, share it with them, mm-hmm. tell them like, Hey, I was really stressed at work today and I was short with you and I'm sorry. Like I, can we try again? Like show your vulnerability, show to them that like, I'm just trying to figure all this out because this is, you know, I think the narrative that again, especially women are told is like this whole, like you can have it all. You can't have it all. Like, but it's like, the reality is, is that like you can try, but it's, you're going to fail in some ways and you're going to succeed in some ways. And it's like, but it's just life. And so I, I do, I try and be very communicative with my kids of like, oh, this is a really bad week. Like I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time, but it's so great to have dinner with you guys. Or it's so like, mm. you know, and then, and, and really apologizing when I'm short and mm. thanking them when they're patient and, um, you know, and, and, and then also sharing the successes in the business with them. Like they've both spent a lot of time, especially at diaper kind when they were little, um, a lot of time, like sitting and eating, you know, a teething biscuit while sitting in a laundry basket. Like <laughs> there's been a lot, they've spent a lot of time around the companies. And I think that they are proud of what they feel like they've been a part of building. And uh, it's definitely part of their story. You know, my daughter called into her favorite podcast, Wow in the World, for one of the Earth Day specials that they were doing. And she called in and said how like her contribution to saving the earth is helping fold diapers at her mom's um, diaper service. <laughs> like she definitely, it, it's it's rubbed off on both of them, and, and they're really happy with with what we have as like these family businesses. Oh wow, that is so beautiful. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Liz, for spending time with me today and for sharing your story and for all of the work that you're doing um, to make diapering more sustainable and for teaching and sharing that too with all of our listeners. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Work Like a Mother is produced by Neighbor Schools. Neighbor Schools is a startup in Boston that I co-founded in 2018 to help parents find daycare. As a first-time parent, finding childcare can feel scary and intimidating. At Neighbor Schools, we help you find daycare you'll feel really good about so you can go back to work with the peace of mind that your little one is getting the socialization, support, and stimulation they need to learn and grow. We've helped thousands of moms and dads figure out the daycare search. Check us out at neighborschools.com. And when you get in touch, mention that you discovered us on the podcast. Thanks for joining me today. We'll see you next time.